This is a Pele Media Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our special Christmas episode today. I just want to let you know that at the very end of the show, we've got a special Christmas present from us to you. Listener and friend of the show, Brad Mendenhall, has actually written and performed a song specially made for Jurassic Park Minute. You might be familiar with the song that he performed called Give Me Just a Minute that we ran on the very end of Ghostbusters Minute. So if you were a fan of that, be sure to check it out. And even if you weren't a fan of it, be sure to check it out because it is our little Christmas present to you. Again, thank you for listening and let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. So are you excited about Christmas, Brady? Yeah, let's do it. I know you told me earlier that maybe we're a couple of days ahead of Christmas, but our day ahead of Christmas Eve. But you know what? I say forget it. It's is about the magic of Christmas, right? Yeah. We're going to have a great time talking about Minute Number 49 Jurassic Park, and what better way to do that than to jump right into Minute Number 49. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Ian Malcolm continue his explanation of chaos theory to Ellie Sattler as Alan Grant jumped out of their moving tour vehicle. At Minute Number 49, we cut to John Hammond in the Jurassic Park Control Center. Alarms are going off. Hammond tells Ray to stop the program. Muldoon walks by, telling Hammond that he had suggested that they put locking mechanisms on the car doors. At 49.13, the camera pushes in on Dennis Nidri, who is sitting at his garbage-covered desk. We cut to a shot of Nidri's desktop, where he is watching a security camera pan past the embryo cold storage tank. The window is labeled Vidnet Camera 13VC. The camera pans down to show a video feed of the East Dock. The camera cuts to a shot of Nedry watching the security feeds as the camera pans in on a Barbasol can. At 49.30, we cut to a shot of Tim chasing Grant down a hill. He is telling Grant about a book written by a guy named Backer, and how he said that dinosaurs were killed off by disease. Ellie asks Grant if he knows where they are going. Gennaro asks if anyone thinks that they shouldn't be out here. Tim tells Grant that Backer's book was much thicker than Grant's. Ellie tells Grant that his book was also fully illustrated. Lex trips on something, and Grant bends down to take her by the hand and help her up. At 49.50, Lex stands up, but will not let go of Grant's hand. Tim is trying to get Grant's attention. At 49.58, Grant makes everyone halt, as something can be heard bellowing off-screen. And thus ends minute number 49 of Jurassic Park. Okay, so a little bit, the scene actually serves a couple of purposes here. It continues the Dennis Nidri uh, computer hacking and, and stealing of the embryo storyline, but it also kind of sets up the idea that, you know, uh, John Hammond is upset with the way the tour has ended. It's also kind of setting up that, you know, as we're going to see here on Monday in minute number 50, that we see the Triceratops for the first time, that Grant and his group are kind of upset with the way that things have gone on the tour, and they're looking for something else. So what, what do you think the primary focus of this minute was? Is it more to drive the Nidri subplot home, or is it a little bit of a character building about Grant? Well, throughout the uh, movie, it's like I've said c- countless times, we're given these little reminders. One is, you know, who Gennaro is and why the team is here when he's reminding him and, like, uh, you know, let's get something straight, John. This isn't just a weekend excursion. We get continual little reminders of what chaos theory is, so it's not just, you know, thrown in our face all at once. Um, this scene does a really good job of reminding it, my, reminding us what uh, Nidri's, you know, whole thing and the whole place in this is. Mm-hmm. And it's done really well whenever we see the camera pans across the security, uh, excuse me, his uh, monitors, computer monitors with the security camera footage on it. And it says, very bluntly, one of them shows an image of the embryo cold storage unit the video monitor right next to that has a boat 
and then we push it on the Barbasol can. So it's very right. easily spelt out. Embryos, boat, this is how they're going to get there. And it's great. There's no dialogue to do that. Yeah. It's not like Nidri stroking his chin going like, how can I get this mm-hmm. off the island? It's like, here's the three things you need to see. We're yeah. pushing and we, it ends there. His last shot is that Barbasol can. Exactly. Uh, I also love how you can hear this like generic uh, technician jargon in the background. You hear some of the other employees talking about like, it's like the uh, stormtroopers in Star Wars who are talking about like, yeah, do you see the new, new model? model? Yeah. It's the thing to see. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I think Muldoon even says something about, like, yeah, I told you we should put locking mechanisms on the doors. I'm pretty sure cars come with locking mechanisms on the doors pre-installed. Yeah. But it's kind of, uh, man, this, this, the, the oversights and security here at the uh, engine theme parks are just, yeah. I, I don't know how they get past insurance underwriters. And that's, that's the thing, too. We also see that kind of in uh, Hammond, his response to the whole thing, where he's just kind of throwing a fit, you know, stop the program, stop the tour program. Yeah. And um, over simple stuff like this that they overlooked. You know, they're overlooking simple things and then the biggest things. And just imagine if those locking mechanisms were there when the T-Rex attacks. It's like little chaos theory here. A little tiny thing like putting locking mechanisms on the door can yeah. lead to such uh, horrible outcomes. This is cool though because it gives, um, it gives our, you know, people, our protagonists, an opportunity to go see the dinosaurs on their own terms. These are dinosaur experts. They don't really want to be shown these things through fences. And uh, we... We, we kind of need that, like, hands-on first experience. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, we've had the Brachiosaurus experience, the Baby Raptor, and now this. So they're kind of meeting all these dinosaurs on the right terms. Uh, it's it's interesting that their next encounter with one is not going to be on anyone's terms. Right, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. It is um, a little bit of growth for... Grant, because we, you know, and we also get to see the Lex thing where she has a crush on him, which never really goes anywhere after yeah, this. Yeah, it's a little bit weird because she holds on to his hand. And earlier we saw her kind of like say, I should ride in the car with you. And yeah. she holds on to his hand. And there's a very strange scene coming up next week where she kind of watches Grant. Yeah, it's very awkward. It's very weird. And yeah. it doesn't go anywhere yeah, from there. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I can understand the whole thing about Ellie kind of pushing it on him, like, hey, go tell him you yeah, want to ride in the car. She would think it's him. cute. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. And that could have been it. That could have been the whole thing, right. but they say, and like, I mean, granted, where could you go with that? This isn't Lolita Park. So, <laughs> um, we've also got, uh, yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, it's, it's really just more character building and moving things yeah. along. And I think the the most important part of the minute is the, uh, well, we also get the best glimpse of the control room that we've had so far. I mean, our camera goes from like the top left of the room all the way over to Nidri, mm-hmm. his desk. And we, you know, you get to see other employees walking through everything. So for one of the most, uh, pivotal locations in the whole movie this is like our best opportunity to get familiar with it yeah so uh th- there's the, the the thunderclap that happens that scares Gennaro that co- that's not in this minute that comes uh, no. next week right yeah, okay yeah. so we're getting we don't really get any more of the storm stuff but I do feel like the ticking clock is starting to get wound up on Nidri also yeah know? absolutely he's watching the Eastock camera we've heard about this boat that's leaving at some point and he does look even though they don't show Wayne Knight's face in this when they do go you know they show him off in the distance he's by himself in that giant control room mm-hmm. he does seem like he's focused on something else you know he's focused yeah, on his plan he's not running his mouth yeah he's not looking all over the place and, and he's just yeah. We, we get the establishing shot of that cryo, uh, cryo tank that he's going to be coming to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whenever he does finally go off to get his salty sweets or whatever it is yeah. he wanted to get. So, um, but yeah, you have anything else for this minute? I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think um, one, one of the funnier parts of the moment is when we cut back to Tim, who's running up alongside Grant, and he says, So, like I was saying, and that, like, the rest of that conversation happened like 30, 40 minutes ago. So I just think it's, yeah. he's resuming <laughs> yeah. his thought, you know? <laughs> you ever do that? You just pick up on something like the next day and yeah, yeah people some, for some reason are able to, to flow right back into conversation like Not that. If, you, if you're <laughs> Well, like if you say, I don't know, sometimes somebody will pick up something like two days later and I'll immediately know what they were talking about. So yeah. It's, yeah. So um, that's pretty funny. And then uh, 
Uh, so what's up? What's wrong with having a book that's fully illustrated? I mean, come well, on. Well, there's nothing wrong at all. Is you know, I, I think was she implying that it was a children's book? Uh, just probably not as intellectual, I guess, as the other guys. When I'm just kind of like, you know what? Screw that. Like, yeah. I, I want to be able to have a visual aid with um with what I'm talking about. You know, I guess Grant's book might have been a little bit more accessible to the layman as opposed to the backers, which is just going to be probably intended for people in that field already. So, yeah. I don't know. I would have rather read. Grant's? When Grant's coming down the hill here and everybody's giving him crap, I always want him to turn around and go, hey, everybody, and just clap his hands and go, shut up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> just get off my ass and just yeah. walk off by himself. But Well, I have a question for you. Did you ever get any Jurassic Park toys for Christmas? I don't think I did. Really? You never got uh, anything for Christmas? No, I mean, I got them independently of that. Yeah? What, like, like what, what was your favorite... Since since we're in the mood or like the season of like toys and stuff like that, of all the Jurassic Park toys you got, what do you think was the best one? That I don't know, but I did have this little to get off of your topic here. This project one time in school where uh, we were all supposed to bring some kind of little um, diorama f- that was based on a book that we read. So uh-huh. I read the stupid book I read was like Dinosaurs A to Z or something, uh-huh. and so I just brought this massive box with all of the Jurassic Park dinosaur toys in it, and uh-huh. I won first place <laughs> of over this girl who made a like a working like fountain pump or something <laughs> in her thing, which was like uh-huh. incredibly difficult. Did she read like you know like Midnight of the Cranes, a story of someone who <laughs> like a little girl that died in Hiroshima and how she used to go out to the pump. Sadako and the probably something yeah so something with some substance, and you were like uh, dinosaurs A to Z. <laughs> But all the kids were like, oh, cool Jurassic Park toys. So Did the kids vote? On I what guess was the number so, one? <laughs> which is stupid to put uh-huh. it in the hands of a child. But like, uh, I did a dinosaur diorama too when I was a kid. And I got these little, like, I think they were lead, like, or pewter, like, little, almost like D&D type guys. And yeah. like, I painted them and my mom helped me put them together. And, you know, it was like, I painted the dinosaurs. Yeah, but she like put like grass down and stuff like that. And it was in a shoebox. But yeah, so we both had a history of doing dioramas. I think I got, I don't know what if I got first place or not. It was a good diorama though. Yeah. So. Well, that's pretty much all I've got. You got anything else for this minute? No, that's it. All right. Oh, 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 oh. Merry Lizards of thunder.
for the lizards of Dunhill. His brother Brady, he's not afraid indeed of the lizards of Dunhill. The lizards of Dunhill. The lizards of Dunhill.